Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. To emerge. So come with me in your Bibles. Gosh, it's all good, isn't it? Um, go, to, go to Judges. Judges chapter 5, verse 2. The real title of my message today is uh, uh, When Men Lead. But I thought, oh, that's going to, people will check out. Oh, well, I guess it's a man's message. So the title of my message today is Raising and Releasing Leaders. Raising and Releasing Leaders. But I know that it's the Wednesday before Emerge, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What's He saying about Emerge. You know, and it's not just men emerging from the dust, men emerging from the ground. It's, it's, it's men emerging from the shadows, from the depths, emerging into leadership roles, leadership roles. Uh, and so, you know, as a church, what, 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 what does God's church look like in the world what what mandate, what mission does she carry? And I just, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it, it's always worth repeating. Pastor Leanne says it all the time, that the hashtags of the world, if the hashtags of the world become the hashtags of the church, we've missed it. It's, it's the tail wagging the dog. It's the tail wagging the dog. The, the, the church should should literally be so in tune with heaven that, it, that it's almost perplexed at some of the hashtags that we see in the world. But a church that has lost this connection or this devotion or has stopped valuing heaven's voice because of persecution or whatever will find it's almost appeasing to hashtag the world. But if you start hashtagging the world, very quickly the lampstand will be moved from you and placed somewhere else because you're no longer a light, you're no longer a revelation. So I look at, I look at our time and I look at our culture and I feel like the church's job is to raise and release leaders into the marketplace. But if, if you'll just permit me, and it does apply, everything I'm about to say applies to the ladies as well, but just, just give me a little bit of... Uh, Grace this morning that I want to talk specifically about the fact that we're raising men, that we're raising men. If the world is attacking men, then the church should be in the opposite stand. If the world is, is, is condemning toxic masculinity, we should be actually proudly proclaiming masculinity and strengths and teaching what, what strength with valor, what strength with honor, what strength with virtue looks like, not not. not hashtagging the, 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 the world. Does, it, does that make sense? So Judges 5 verse 2, Judges 5 verse 2 says, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. When leaders lead in Israel, and this is the song of Deborah that, uh, you know, my beautiful preachers, a phenomenal, powerful message. We're probably in a season of Deborah. 
when Hillary Clinton proclaimed that the future is female, the Bible says that at this time where village life had ceased, I, Deborah, a mother, arose in Israel. But even, even the lament of this mother is when leaders lead in Israel. So one of the assignments of our church is raising and releasing leaders. Raising and releasing leaders. We, we, we are not interested in crowds. We're not interested in pew warmers. We're, we're not interested in, in protecting the status quo. Hey, you know, Pastor John, show me what you... Oh, no, I wouldn't preach that because the most important thing is we don't offend anybody. You know, keep everybody happy so that, you know, ties and offering. No, 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 no. Our assignment, our assignment is the raising and the releasing of leaders. Nobody just gets to come in and just warm a pew. Now, there's a season, absolutely, where people come in and there's, there's no weight put on their shoulders. There's no burden put on their backs because something's fractured, something's broken. They need healing. That they need to go, they've come through a divorce or they've just heartache, rejection, brokenness, and they need to sit and heal before they can be put into uh, a place of leadership and influence because the weight dramatically increases. But every person that comes through our doors, every person that God brings us, we have an assignment as awakened church to awaken the leader within, to awaken the call of God, to awaken the assignment of heaven, to awaken the purposes of the kingdom that God has put within them, that our job and literally becomes our litmus, it becomes the measure of our success, is our people stepping into leadership. Can we have a Deshaun Taglarini come in as just a young pup, as just a young teenager and see the guy, he can lead worship, he can preach, he can prophesy, he can lead he can build it like that's that's a pretty good litmus test pretty good litmus test all right so now come with with me to my actual scripture is uh two kings chapter seven two kings chapter seven verse one there's a severe famine in the land i always like when there's a severe famine in the land when i read that in the bible because it, it kind of helps me navigate god in difficult times uh, Samaria is besieged by King Hadad and they're selling, they're selling dove's dung for a couple of shekels and donkey's heads for a few shekels. Like they're, they're, they eat, it's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. Then Elisha says, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord about this time tomorrow, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. They're eating bird poop. They're, 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 they're eating the, the head of donkeys. The donkey is the, the pack mule that, that carries all their stuff. They, they, they have... The economy is so devastated that they no longer require the donkeys to carry their stuff because there's no more stuff to carry. So they're killing the donkeys and they've eaten the flesh of the donkey and what's left, what they haven't boiled, what they haven't cooked, what they normally reject is the head of the donkey. And so now people are in the marketplace selling the heads of the donkeys because people are so famished. They're eating bird poop and donkey's heads. 
And then Elisha comes insensitively. Elisha comes with something that is so unrealistic and says, tomorrow about this time, about this, this time tomorrow, a seer of fine flour. There's, there's no fine flour in all of Samaria. And he's saying, not only will we discover fine flour, but it'll be sold for a shekel. There'll be such abundance that it'll be sold dirt cheap. Not only that, not only that, but uh, two seers of barley will be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And, in, and he said, In fact, you'll see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it because of his unbelief. Verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, where were they seated? They were seated at the entrance of the gate. They were seated at the entrance of the gate. Words, words in the Bible are never coincidental. They were seated at the entrance of the gate. The entrance of thy word brings light and brings life. This is none other than the house of God, Bethel. This is none other than the gate of heaven. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. At the gates is where words are released. At the gate is not only where words are released, but where, where transactions, where responses happen. These men are sitting at the gate. The, the word of Elisha was whispered in the palace in the presence of the king. The, the, the word was released in, a, in, an, in an enclosed arena. But it, it, was, it was responded to in the gate. Four lepers looked at one another and they said, what are we doing? Why sit here till we die? The famine is in the city. If we go in the city, what's going to happen to us? We die. If we sit here, we die. Why don't we go down to the enemy? Why don't we go down to the city? What's the worst thing they can do? Kill us? We're going to die anyway. The At some point, we're going to die. But don't you want to live before you die? Don't you want to risk before you die? Don't you want to? So let me give you three quick, three quick thoughts, three quick values of awakened church in the, the context of raising and releasing leaders, specifically raising men that lead. The first one is the word released. The word released. We, we, we have to be a church that, that hears from heaven. I, I'm working on a message. I, I don't know when I'm going to preach it. But I'm working on a message called the middleman. The middleman. You know, they always say, cut out the middleman. If the world is saying, cut out the middleman, then let's have a second look. If the world's wanting to cut out the middleman, what does the Bible say about the middleman? So Jesus, Jesus, when he came, I'm not sure if you realize this, he was the middleman. When Jesus came, he says, whatever I hear the Father say, that's what I speak. I don't speak anything unless I first heard it from my Father. In other words, I heard it from the Father, but I'm the middleman. Don't shoot the deliverer 
oh, you're going to crucify the delivery boy. Don't shoot the messenger. You're going to crucify the messenger. But he, he was the middle guy. He says, whatever works I see the father do, that's what I do. I'm the middleman. He was the middleman. He hung on a cross to, between heaven and earth because he was the middleman. The greatest, the greatest compliment that I can get when I get to heaven is, Jurgs, what an amazing middleman you were. You, you didn't allow the culture to pull you down, so you echoed the culture. You listened to heaven, and whatever heaven said, despite what was going on, despite what was happening in the city, despite what was happening, you brought the word of the Lord. My assignment, my assignment is not to start hashtagging Ukraine and getting involved in all of the... My, my job is to hear what is heaven saying and release the word. Because when the word of the Lord is released... And you may say, well, hang on, pastor. You know, you're just releasing the word to your choir. You're just releasing the word to your locations. San Marcos, Bressie Ranch, East County, Balboa, East Lake, Salt Lake. You're just releasing the word in the... Elisha released the word in the palace, but it was released in the spirit. When the word of God is released, it shifts something. There is a mechanism that alters things in the spirit. So the people begin to ask questions they didn't ask before. Revelation comes and they never had before. Four lepers say, why are we sitting here until we die? When we release the word, what happens is that people get up and they no longer allow their disqualifications to keep them down. The number, one, the number one battle, the number one struggle for every man that turns up and emerges, and this was my biggest battle, and, 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 I, and I, I almost lamented God's blessing on emerge because my biggest struggle was preaching or leading emerge because I felt so disqualified as a man. I got skinny legs. I had, I had so much rejection. I always, felt, I always felt inferior. I felt never good enough. I felt never validated. I felt never qualified enough. I had so much shame from the mistakes that I made. I felt, I felt that I could preach in a church. I, I could preach in a youth group. Put me in front of youth because I can tell stories. I can entertain. They'd be laughing. They like, but men, preaching to men. Let's see these men, six foot four and muscular and, you know, men. And they speak with a deep voice. And I'll get your taco, Mister. Oh, oh. You know, I'm like, and I'm. It burned me again. Oh, you know, and I'm like, and and I just, I just, but I, I, I found, I found God did not relieve the burden. Did, didn't, didn't deliver me of the uncomfortable, the shame, the guilt. He, he, he let me walk it out. He let, me, he let me carry it all these years. And the reason he did is he, he said, because now you understand that's how most men turn up. The devil uses shame and guilt to bury men. Shame and guilt bury most men. Do you know the shame? Of being a leper. A leper under Levitical law had to tear his clothes, cut, 
put dust on his head. And if anybody was walking down the same street as him, he had to yell out, unclean. He had to let them know that he was unclean so that they could cross the street so they wouldn't be close to him. These were four leprous men who got up out of their disqualification, who got up out of their shame, out of their guilt, out of their sin. And they became unlikely heroes. They marched down to the Syrian camp. Four men who were the least likely to be heroes. Four men go down to the Syrian camp. And the Bible says God caused the Syrian army to hear the sound of an army marching. These, these were men, if you would have held up a mirror, if you would have interviewed them and asked them, do you feel invincible? Do you feel like a conqueror? Do you feel like a king? Do you feel like a territory taker? Do you feel like a victor? Do you feel like a winner? Every one of these four men would have said, I am just a leper. I am disqualified. I am unclean. I'm an outcast. I'm a reject. You don't understand. God can use anybody, but he can't use this emerge. We can. I want not one man to walk out carrying the same shame, the same guilt, the same disqualifications, the same iniquity, the same transgressions. When men lead, things shift in the culture, things shift in the community, things shift in the marketplace, things shift in the economy. Four men got up because a word was released. You need to understand the biggest, the biggest attack on our church is relentlessly the word that we preach. Man, that awakened church, they're a prosperity church. Someone was piping off the other day that just the clothes they wear, just the clothes they wear could have been sold and given to the poor. Always recognize, it's not about the clothes, always recognize the spirit. Where have you heard that before? What a waste! They should have been sold and it's Judas. I guarantee you talk to that person, they're not tithing. Judas stole from the money bag. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me with tithe. Only a thief speaks like that. Can I also just say this? Can I also just say this? This is very, very important. Very, very important. The only spirit that should be in the church is the Holy Spirit. The only church. The only spirit in the church. However, that's a spirit that I've seen come in and begin to, people begin to acquiesce. People begin to coexist with. People begin to try to appease. You cannot appease a demon. A demon is full of hatred to the things of God. That's why when I hear that, my, my Germanic reaction, and God hasn't, God hasn't convicted me on it. So until he does, it doesn't matter. I know sometimes it upsets my Liani, and I want to please her. But until the Holy Ghost convicts me, I'm going to. So when I hear that, I double down. Oh, oh, you got a problem with prosperity? This Sunday I'm preaching on prosperity. I'm going to preach on the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Because, because I... Because I've, I've, seen, I've seen people that acquiesce that spirit, that they, 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 they try to appease that spirit. And all of a sudden they're going, hey, you know, when you give, we're going to show a slide right now. You know, where your giving does. And, and you know, these are orphanages we're looking after. And, 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 
And all, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're saying to people, hey, hey, you know, don't give out of obedience. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> we are feeding the poor. <laughs> let, let me just say this. Let me just kind of mess you up because that's what I normally do. <laughs> if, if I went to a church and my senior pastor had gold-plated dog kennels with air conditioning and was driving a gold-plated Rolls Royce, and he paid for it all from the tithes and offerings, I would not stop tithing. Even though he is misplacing it, I'd hate to be him on Judgment Day. I'd ha I'm going to just... Why, why, why should I allow his corruption to stop my obedience? My Bible tells me to bring the tithe into the storehouse. That then maybe if the, the keeper of the storehouse is corrupt, shoot, he's got an answer to God. If the keeper of the storehouse is full of greed, if the keeper of the storehouse mismanages those funds, that's between. But why, why, why should I step into disobedience because a television evangelist? And do you know how many? <clears throat> Well, this evangelist did this and they did that. And so, you know, that's why I don't tithe. Well, you're pretty dumb. Oh, well done, Einstein. Yeah, so because someone else was greedy, I decided I want to live under a curse. I decided I don't need the Lord's help. Why would you? So we don't acquiesce those spirits. This weekend, men... Unlikely heroes are going to return and they're going to march down to the enemy camp and they're going to take, they're going to shift things in the culture. They're not just going to be the unlikely heroes, but they are going to be people that defy the labels put on them by society. They're going to defy the expectations. They're going to defy, defy even the conditions of their surroundings, the conditions of their, their arrival when they, these were four lepers sitting at the gate, but because the word, I thank God for a church that releases the word of God. When I listen to our pastors, when I listen to our leaders, I am most pleased because I hear out of Matt Tuggle, it is faith, it is strength, it is courage, it is virtue, it is prophetic. I hear it out of Dr. Dr. Matt, I hear it out of Michaela, I hear it out of Leanne, I hear it out of Katie, I hear it out of Pastor Stacy, I hear it out of Victoria, I hear it out of Mikey, I see it in Lance, I see it in Leashy, I see it in the Hammer Time, I see it in, in Kat, I see it in I see it amongst our leaders, I see it in beautiful Lisa, I see it in handsome, I see our leaders preaching, I see Marissa, I see I love the fact that we preach the word un, unashamed, unafraid, and boldly, because when the word of the Lord is released. Even if it's in a confined space, it shifts things at the gates of the city. The gate is where the transactions happen. How do we transform a city? Just keep preaching the Word of God. Our assignment, every location should release the Word over that city. East County should say, my God, what is different about East County? This transaction, this title deeds being exchanged at the gate because a Word is released. Somebody say, Amen. 
Number two is encounter. Oh, dear Jesus. All right, number two is encounter. Second one is encounter. We want every man to have an encounter. The Bible says in in, uh, Exodus chapter 3, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to Horeb, which is in the back of the desert. Horeb is also Mount Sinai. He has no no idea that this will be the place where the the mitzvah, where the law would come down, where the Torah would be written, uh, that he would encounter God here. He has no idea what's coming down the pike. All he knows is he's leading the sheep to this place. And then a bush catches on fire, which wasn't uncommon. But he looks 10 minutes later and it's still burning. 20 minutes later, it's still burning. Normally they catch and then it's consumed. This bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. I really have a problem with people saying, hey, you know, just make sure you protect your, your marriage and your family. Mr. Garcia, protect your relationship from the church. Just make sure you, you protect your marriage and your family. No, no. What are you talking? The church is the protector of marriage and family. My marriage and my family is blessed because of our commitment to the church. Just be, just be careful of all, just all of that. So, so Moses sees a fire that doesn't consume. The fire of the Lord will come upon you. It'll light you up, but it doesn't consume. Serving God will not destroy your life. Serving God will bless your life. Serving the fire of God on you doesn't consume you, but it causes other people to look and wonder at my God. You're out Wednesday nights and Sundays and, and, then, mid, and, then, you, and then you volunteer. What? But they will look at your life and say, my God, there's, there's nothing consumed, but there's just wonder and bewilderment. Moses, when he looked, God begins to speak to him. This weekend, men are going to encounter God. You can't raise and release leaders in the kingdom unless you create atmospheres and environments where people can have encounters. It is so imperative. It is so important that people encounter God. That, people ha- that we have Holy Ghost moments, that we change the oil on the showroom floor and we do it delightfully. We love people having an encounter. I love people getting slain in the spirit. I was saying on, on Sunday that people say, well, hang on, you know, what if someone, you know, is unchurched and they come in and, you know, they see people falling over, won't it freak them out? Yes. Yes. And it should. Because God is freaky. Just the people he surrounds himself with are freaky. The seraphim have six wings. There's not a bird that has six wings. Two could have been enough, but no. God says two's not freaky. Four is kind of out there. Let's give him six. Just a, he's got living creatures. He's got cherubim with faces of lions on this side and the face of an eagle on this side, face of an ox on this side and the face of a man. It's like, God, that's freaky. It's not normal. He's like, exactly. It's paranormal. It's not natural. It's supernatural. There's not enough freak in church. There's not enough. There's not enough freak in church. 
People need to have an encounter with power because this is what happens. To, to, people want to remove the freak and they don't realize that they dilute the power. When somebody comes in with a terminal illness, when somebody comes in saying, I haven't told anybody this, but I'm going to make my peace with God. Then I go home and load my gun and put it to... When people come in, there better be some power in the church. There better, so I, I don't mind freak. In fact, I enjoy a little bit of freak because I know freak means that there's power. If there's no freak, is there any power? Do you think the Bible says the disciples were terrified when Jesus said to the wind and the sea, Peace be still? And they said, Who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey. There should be something freaky. There should be some freak in church. People need an encounter with God. What's interesting about Moses, and I've got to move into the last point. What's interesting about Moses is, is, is and I never saw this before, I was putting this message together. Moses, right now, Pastor Matt, is. is the son-in-law of the priest of Midian called Jethro or Ruel. He's, he's serving his father-in-law who's the priest. He's in covenant in the relationship with Zipporah, his bride, and he's leading sheep to pasture. How many men are walking in, operating in a shadow of their calling. Becky Lynn Heinrichs was a probation officer fighting for justice, standing up for the marginalized and the victimized. But she was Moses, not realizing that she was in a shadow of what God had for her. Hammer time was, was commercial real estate, taking territory, buying buildings, taking down, transacting in the marketplace. But it's, 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 it, it was a shadow. It was a Moses of Moses would not just lead. He would lead the children of Israel. He'd be in covenant with his heavenly father. He would be married to the calling and he would be bringing the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery into a promised land. What happens is we have men that come and they are living their second best. They're living their third, but they have settled for an earthly, an earthly reflection of a heavenly glory. But what gets unlocked in an encounter with God at emerge is God begins to unlock so they live, begin to live a kingdom expression of a higher reality. Can somebody say amen? Number three, last one. Oh, sugar time. All right. The last one, number three is what I call the prophetic. The prophetic. Judges 6 verse 12. Judges 6 verse 12. Gideon is, is hiding in a wine press in order to thresh wheat to hide it from the Midianites. The Bible says the Midianites have just plundered the land. Again, it's a difficult time. It's oppression. Biden and Harris are in, in administration. It's a horrible time. Gideon is hiding in a wine press. He, he, a wine press produces wine. It doesn't produce bread. It doesn't produce wheat. So he... His dysfunction is the overriding expression of his reality. And the angel of the Lord says to him, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours. And Gideon is like, 
Do you need glasses? Mighty, I'm hiding in dysfunction. The prophetic, we have to be a prophetic church. I would lay on Dr. Matt's table, waiting to be adjusted. And there'd be a little old lady piping off, my, my, my fingers hurt. Yeah, well, now your back's going to hurt. You just put landscape duty. Anybody else? No, he didn't say that. that was, sorry, that was Ben Stiller. In, in, uh, <laughs> but but I'm, watch, I'm watching him interact, calling people out. Hey, quit piping off. This is a no negative. So, hey, you might want to go outside and you know, come back in when you're... And I'm like, man, who... I'm thinking, he's an incredible... What a, and I'd say to him, you're a... Oh, no, I'm not a pastor. I'm... You know, my vision is chiropractic, but I kept, I'm, I'm like, babe, I, he is going to be an extraordinary pastor. So I would prophesy it every time I saw him. Every time I saw him, I would tell him. And, and it wasn't like I was trying to, but I, I saw something in him. The angel saw potential. Can I just tell you? That every man that turns up has potential on the inside of them. Every man has a call of God and a purpose of God on the inside of them. But a church that is not prophetic. I remember the persecution, Mike. They, they said, hey, man, you know, man, don't be a spirit-filled church. You know, don't move in the gifts of the spirit. Hey, this cessationalist theology, you know, the gifts ceased. They died out in the first generation. Do we really need it? You know, the, the, all the prophetic people need is just the teaching of the word on the Sunday. But I thank God for the prophetic because the, the, the pr prophetic does the Romans 4.17. It speaks those things that are not as though they are. We need to be a church that, that speaks those things that aren't as though they are. Right now, Gideon is hiding in a wine press, but the angel says, go in this might of yours, mighty man of valor, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man have I not. Oh, the, the word that came was not a reflection of his present state. It was a picture of his potential. It was a picture that God had of a future that Gideon probably had given up on because he'd been so beat down. He'd been so wore out. He'd been so continuously defeated, humiliated, overwhelmed with hopelessness that what was the point of dreaming for greatness, greatness when I can't even feed my family, when I can't even feed my appetite, when I can't even stop my hunger. And, and you're talking about destiny. You're talking about great. But the word of the Lord should come into men who are broken, men Men who are steeped in dysfunction, men who have stopped dreaming, men who feel like they can't even feed their bellies when they come into the house of God. Is there words that are released that unlock the, the hero, that unlock the lion, that unlock the warrior, that unlock the champion on the inside of them? And it's the prophetic. It's the prophetic that does it. Let me finish. The prophetic. There are two sides of the prophetic. Two sides of the prophetic. There's the seeing and there's the seeding. There's two sides of the prophetic, the seeing and the seeding. The seeing is the word of the Lord will show you something that is going to take place. The book of Revelation is seeing. Seeing. I, John, was on the Isle of Patmos. I heard and then a voice said, come up here. I must show you things. So he wrote them down. That's, you'll see. Oh, my gosh. I see this picture, man. I see this. I saw. I had a dream. Seeing. The second side is just as powerful. It's called seeding. Seeding. Seeding is that 
you know, when we speak. I can't tell you how many parents reap the harvest when they tell their kids, oh, you're, you're, oh my, you're such a, you're never going to amount to anything. You're, you're a disappointment. You're, a, you're dead to me. You're. People will live up to or down to the words spoken over them. Do you know how many men that were in prison, how many men failed, how many men came from broken relationships and the words over them is failure. The word over them is disappointment. The word over them is no hope. The word over them is useless. The word over them is don't dream. Who are you? Oh, man, really? Lower your dreams, lower expectations. Look at, look at what you got in school. You've got dyslexia. You've got dysfunction. You've got aid. And there's all these words. We have to. The Bible says the prophetic is like a battering ram. The prophetic is like the battle axe of the Lord that smashes all of those labels. We have to seed in people the word of God. How many people know that an orange seed will produce an orange tree, an apple seed will produce an apple tree? However, it can only begin to produce when it is seeded in the soil. When it is, when it is placed in the soil, when it is put in the soil, that's when it releases a supernatural mechanism of transformation. We can look at events and we can say, man, when I look at events, I see, man, I see potential, I see a leader. Or I see a boss, I see a marketplace, I see a king. But just because you see it, it doesn't, we, we've got to vent and then prophesy and put the seed, put the word of God in there to, to release the process, to unlock the mechanism. You need to understand don't, if God shows you something about somebody, don't rest until you speak it into them because God is saying, please put my seed on the inside of them to to unlock the mechanism. A seed has potential, but it'll remain dormant until it is planted. We have to plant the Word of God. We have to plant the Word. When the Word was planted in Samuel and Katie, do the, the, what is flourishing in their life is extraordinary because of the, the prophesying of the Word of God. Every time you're prophesying, you're seeding. You're putting a seed that brings a harvest, that brings a future harvest. We have to have a church that boldly preaches the Word of God. We have to have a church that brings men and women into an encounter, and we have to release the prophetic if we're going to raise and release leaders. Come on, if you believe that, give God a shout, give God a praise, give God an amen. Come on, stand to your feet, give God a, give God a praise. Did you receive that this morning? Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Say these words, say, Heavenly Father, I incline my heart and I incline my ear to your word. I thank you that we will be a church that boldly hears from heaven and unashamedly and unafraid speaks what we hear. We are here to shift the culture. We are here to bring your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heavenly Father, help us to be a church that brings people into encounters with the living God that bring transformation. And Heavenly Father, let us be your prophets in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. 
What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.